No, what a great um, opportunity to be able to see some beautiful territory where they live there in Tanzania and um, so grateful for um, our relationship with the Bordens and all that they're doing for the gospel in Tanzania. What an incredible blessing uh, to be able to support them. And I want to kind of highlight a couple things. First of all, the book uh, study and dessert. I'd love for you to be able to pick these uh, book up if you haven't already. There's a number in the lobby and I'll be uh, at the desk to be able to get you those. Sign up for the dessert as well. And the other thing I want to encourage you to do is get over to um, the ministry center after um, church this morning for take five. We've got a, a missionary scavenger hunt. We have got these incredible posters all throughout the church about our priorities and all God's led us to in the last year. And with some questions and um, there'll be prizes, not just for the kids, but for adults too. I'll, I'll make sure of that. But, um, and then you're going to make your way over and you're going to drop it in a box over by our new uh, TV monitor, which has pictures of all of our missionaries. And it's a, just a great way for you to be able to connect a name and a face. So please do that on your way over to church this morning, to take five after church this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 14. I want to be able to, as we're going to get into more of, yes, love, 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 love. God is all about love. As a matter of fact, everything flows from that. It's not just that he uh, gives love, but he is the very foundation of all of that for us. And we're going to see that in our study. But within this um, as well, it is the foundation upon which we are to build our lives so that we can then love other people well. And it's just so vital and important that we see that. For those of you who don't know, my name is Peter Nordland. I am the director of Neighbors and Nations. It is my great privilege to be able to do that. I love it. It's a surprise to me. Uh, a year and a half ago, I had no clue. But that's God. And you know what? That may be for you, too. That may be what God wants to do in your life, where he speaks to you and you just respond, and God does great things. It's an amazing thing. All you are is a vessel. And I want to encourage you to be open to being used by God in that way. Before we get into this passage, I want to be able to kind of set the scene here. And we're going to kind of jump into 13 a second. So keep your, your finger in 14. But we're going to jump over to 13. And we're going to read a passage. In my Bible, I don't even have to turn a page. It's kind of nice. Um, John chapter 13, starting in verse 34. I want to give you a little bit of context with John with this. John is writing, same writer as 1 John in Revelation, as Pastor Brian talked about last week. But this passage takes place after the Lord's Supper, after the washing of the disciples' feet. And then he gives this incredible new commandment. Listen to what he says. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know 
that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. I think it's very poignant to point out, Jesus says, I want you to love other people, but he says this, he gives the caveat, he says, I've given you an example, just follow me. So it's going to be really important that we see Jesus in all that he's done in his living so that we can live and love in that same way. So you know how you, a lot of the New Testament they'll send out, it's just the Gospels? That's, that's pretty good. The Gospels are so important because we see God show up in bodily form and he says, this is how I want you to live. So important that we see this, but it's not easy. Is it easy to love each other? No, it isn't. Is it easy to love? I, I want to say, I love my mom. I love my mom, and I'm sure it was not easy loving me. I know it wasn't easy loving me, but I really believe she loved me because God had loved her. Not perfectly but loved me well. And I'm very thankful for that. You know, this new way of living is kind of interesting. It's kind of like a brand new dirt road. And you, you know how you're going on a brand new dirt road and it's gravel and you have to go over it time and time and time again before it gets compacted down? That's this new way of living that God has called us to. And then eventually it'll be like a paved road. We just have to keep going down that road. Loving God's way. So really vital and important. God calls us to this new covenant to love one another. And I want to say this, CCF, as I've gotten to know many of you and as I've gotten to be a part of this staff here at CCF, you're doing a good job. You're loving well. It brings me to tears because I've seen it in action and it's wonderful to see you loving well. But there's more. God has more for us. Love is really to be the motivation. Brian talked about it last week. Everything begins and ends with God's love. Yes, much of what we are focusing on this month is the basics. I heard somebody at my men's group this last week said, man, we're talking about God's love a lot. Put my hand on his shoulder, you're gonna hear it a lot more. You just are. Because it is the foundation for everything that we do. But it's the foundation really for, there are basic truths for everything. Think about this. Cooking. You have to know to read a recipe. And every lady's going, yes, I wish my husband could read a recipe. It is the basics. Knife skills, food safety, temperatures. How about physical health? Sleep, water, unprocessed food, cut sugar. I know I need to, need to cut sugar. Increased physical activity. They're basics. We come back to those things. Golf, the right clubs, the right distance between the ball and your hands, the right ball, lessons. And then when it all goes bad, they say go back to the basics. Go back to what's your grip like? What's your setup like? How about driving a car? There are basics to driving a car, people. There really are. And I just wish everybody would follow them. You know, it's like speed. Don't 
kiss my bumper, please. Don't. And the limit distractions. You know, they talked about food being a number one thing for the cause of accidents back in the day. It still might be, but man, texting, that's a basic. Get rid of the distractions so you can drive well. Paul, all throughout the New Testament, says this. He uses words such as stand firm, continue, finish the work, remember, go back to the basics. Always going back to the basics. I love what happens within this passage of Scripture. Jesus gives us this new commandment, and then he says, you need help. He knows us. He leaves and he sends the Holy Spirit. He sends a promise of one that's going to help us with this, and he's going to be with us forever. Aren't you glad you have help? Amen, right? I am so glad I have help. Someone to nudge me, somebody to convict me. I want to give you some basics of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to go into anything um, in depth, but I'm going to give you some characteristics. The whole, who is the Holy Spirit, this helper that God has given us. He's the third person of the Trinity. Yes, he's a person. He's not a mere influence. He's not just a power. He regenerates and makes us new. He teaches us. He guides us. He convicts us. He intercedes for us when we can't. He glorifies Jesus. He is also the inspiration of Scripture, and he is the one that then makes it known to you and I. So when we read scripture, we say, God, by your Holy Spirit, show me the truth. Guide me into truth. We believe in the Trinitarian work of God in not only our salvation, but in our regeneration and our transformation. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is involved in our lives. The Holy Spirit is also the marker of our new identity. My identity, your identity. He is the marker. So let's read John chapter 14, 23 through 31. This is the word of the Lord. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him and will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the Father that you hear is not mine, but the Father who has sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you love me, you will, would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place so that when it does take place, you may believe I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so the world may know 
that I love the Father, rise and let us go from here. Let's pray. Lord, as we jump into this passage of scripture, where you are saying, I am not leaving you alone. What a blessing. Help us to understand the work of the Spirit. Help us to listen to your Spirit so that we can love you well, so we can overcome in this world and then also do good to those around us, within and without the church. So thank you, Father. By your Spirit, show us your truth. In your name would you pray. Amen. There are three things I want to, us to see that God has shown me. And I pray that there will be a blessing, there'll be a blessing to you because they've been a blessing to me. And matter of fact, they've been actively involved in my life even this morning. That is how the Spirit works. He wants to be active in our lives with what we do. So the, with the, he helps us in this area of life to navigate. So the first thing is he teaches us all truth. I think this is so important that we understand this. It's not just part of the truth, all truth he teaches us. John 16 uh, verse 13 says this, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. All truth. I think it's important to realize this all through life, from birth to death, we will be instructed in all truth by the Spirit when we are regenerated because of what happened at the cross. It's never, it's never ending. You, you can't get to the end of God. Matter of fact, Paul in Philippians chapter 3 says, not that I've already attained it, but I press on. I, there's more for me. The depths of God are unsearchable, but we search them because when we find him, we find hope and peace. He will teach us and he will guide us in all truth that will bring peace in our trouble, in our fear. So vital and important. So the next thing, so he leads us into all truth, and then he leads us, he gives us or brings peace. John uh, 14, 27. But I want you to turn to John 16, 33. This is a continual thing in this passage of scripture where it, it continually feeds off of this initial statement and it goes back and forward and back again. And uh, this is one of my favorite passages, um, favorite verses in all of scripture because it's so much hope. Matter of fact, um, my office back when I was pastor in Pennsylvania, I started writing scripture on my walls and I had scripture all over the place. And this was in, on every wall. So no matter where I was facing or people I was talking to, they could read this passage of scripture. And it says this, verse 33. I have said these things to you, Jesus says, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. The word means trouble, difficulty. But take heart. I have overcome the world. He brings peace. 
to our lives. And the struggle is real. The struggle is real. The battle is real for us. And I want you to understand this. Um, we can become self-focused. Satan knows how to attack us. Matter of fact, um, many of you know I got injured on my job with Amazon, haven't been able to work. Well, when you don't walk 35 to 37 miles a day, you gain weight. It's just a foregone conclusion. It's depressing. You can become self-focused. And I did. You don't reach out. You don't see other people because so, you're so concerned with yourself. And the Holy Spirit just came to me and said, Peter, this is Satan. He's battling you. You can either listen to me, that your identity is in, in those things, or you can listen to him. Spiritual battle illustrations are amazing. So I actually put in the devil and angels spiritual battle, 20 million hits on Google. It's unbelievable. Even the world believes in this type of stuff. Look at this picture. This is a picture painting from the 14th, 15th century, angels and demons. This is Augustine of Hippo. This is a, one of our church fathers, this guy that knew a ton, and yet he's bombarded by the battle, and he needed the peace of the Spirit to lead him into victory. Somebody else, too. You may all know him. Homer Simpson. I mean, even this show says the battle is real. There's good and evil. It is real. Sin is real. Death is real. But the guidance to interact with the Spirit of God is real as well to be able to be obedient. I love this new song by Lecrae. It's called Your Power. The, the um, artwork is up, should be up here pretty soon. It says this, your power made a way. I need it every moment. I need to fight, I need to fight the opponent to move every mountain to protect me when evil surrounds. I know it's a power living in me. Yes, he is our helper, the Holy Spirit. And it's all because he loves me and he loves you. There's no other reason. He helps us fight the battle. And that is the Spirit of God who helps us. And then the, the last thing I want you to know is he leads us to obedience. John 14, 31 says this. says, but I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. You gotta remember, Jesus, when he went to the Jordan River was baptized by John. He came up out of the water. The spirit of 
God, the Holy Spirit descended upon him, and it says the Spirit led him out into the wilderness. And for 40 days, he fasted and prayed and was tempted, and the Spirit of God led him to obedience, always bringing back to remembrance Scripture. And then we see this all throughout his life. John 16, 13 Excuse me, John 16, 14 says this also about him leading us into obedience. He will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. He will glorify me by giving us peace, by leading us into truth. He leads us into obedience where God is glorified. God receives the glory, God's love. Brian clearly stated this last week that it is to be the motivation, or as he called it, the spark for our love of God and others. It is everything, his love for us. Matter of fact, Paul, you may all know this passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians 13, we know it's the love chapter, but it says this, if we do things, live ways, do spiritual things without it being motivated by love, it's a what? It's gong. It's a clanging symbol. And basically the scripture is saying it's worthless. We all have to be motivated by love. And the helper allows us to live this way, to live the way Jesus lived. I love, we're going through a book as a staff um, called Culture Making, and Andy Crouch in the book says this, live a life, a life of love to God and others, and leave the world changing to him. He didn't call us to change the world, but to live a changed life before a watching world. A life of love. That is what we are to do. That is how we are to live. This is what God is calling us to. God continued, as I was preparing for this week, continually driving me to the parable of the Good Samaritan. Um, it, it's a, it's a well-known parable. Matter of fact, much of the world can probably understand it. When you say the Good Samaritan, they go, oh yeah, I understand that, I know that. My professor, Dr. Marty, talks about, uh, from Moody, says this, he says about parables, Jesus is challenging us in how we see others with the way he sees us. The love of God is to change our view of people, transforming our minds so that we can love them well. It opens our minds. And it opens our minds not just for us to be changed, but it opens our minds and transforms our minds so that we can love other people. It's, the gospel is not just internal, it's ex internal and external. I love what the Hughesbys talked about. I love what the Balls talked about. We're involved in our community in so many different ways, and God will show up. He 
will show up and give you opportunities to be able to share. I love this whole thing of being transformed where God teaches us all truth, he brings us peace, but then he allows us to be obedient as found in Romans chapter 12. It says, be transformed, one and two, nine through 19, spirit-controlled living, and then 20 through 21 is overcome evil with good. Live obedient lives. As we live obedient lives, what happens? We're loving God. We're showing people amazing things. I want you to understand the, the parables and all that he sh- talked about within the parables is not to entertain us. Jesus grabs our attention. I remember one uh, pastor says, a good parable is like a good ninja. You don't know it's there until it hits you in the back of the head. And that is so true. We need to be able to see what this story is all about. I want to show you a picture, a painting by Van Gogh of the Good Samaritan. And keep it there for a little bit so you can see it. This is probably not a made-up story. This is probably a story that everybody would have heard about or experienced even themselves. Because the road to Jericho was long. It was about a 3,200 foot, it's about a 3,200 feet decline. It was 18 miles. It was not straight. It was rocky. It got very narrow. It was perfect for ambushes and robberies. But by yourself, crazy. Just plain crazy. The Samaritan, the main character of the story, He was this despised race of the Jewish people. Remember the woman at the well, also being a Samaritan? Not only they were despised, but they were also seen as having polluted the teachings of God. But one thing that's amazing about these people that you read, especially about the Samaritans, is they knew they needed a savior. They were looking for a savior, and so their lives were different. They lived a little bit differently in how they looked at life. And so this man being the hero of the story would have been very shocking. The kingdom of God turns the values and judgments of who we are and how we live upside down. Takes them and puts them in a different way. This is a painting by Vincent van Gogh. I don't know if you know much about him. Um, He was a master painter, but not all his life. Actually, just a short time. How many of you have been to the van Gogh experience as it's come through? Um, You probably, I don't don't know if you hear these um, things about him, but he actually came from the lineage of Dutch Reformed pastors. He was trained for and desired to become a pastor, but was rejected. Instead, he then went to France and uh, began to evangelize the poor. He began to reach out to um, people in very squalored conditions. But they went there and they rejected him again because he wasn't living to the standards that they wanted him to live. And so you're seeing that this man is being rejected 
and rejected and rejected. Vincent van Gogh actually spoke five languages. He wrote three fluently, but mental illness plagued his whole life, plagued him his whole life. One of my favorite authors, uh, artists, Makato Fujimura, he wrote this about uh, Vincent van Gogh. Though he was rejected by the church authorities twice, it was while he toiled to work with the poor in the coal mines of Belgium that he began to draw miners. He was not formally trained in painting and drawing at the point, at that point, and yet as he drew, he discovered that he could communicate more visually, more deeply about the compassion he felt for humanity and God's presence in the lives of the poor than when he was attempting to do so in the pulpit. Art became then a way to capture the genesis of moments hidden behind every darkened face, even in the candlelight. Art gave Vincent a way to tap into the potential of each moment to see afresh life's struggles in light of Christ. I think it's important for us to realize as he actually painted this about six months before his death, um, what was he looking at? What was he seeing? What was he desiring? He was desiring a people that showed him mercy, a people that loved him despite his brokenness. The Samaritan did an amazing thing. I want to kind of talk you through this story. First, the priest and the Levite. You've got to remember, these guys weren't bad guys, but they were ruled by rules. Couldn't touch a body. Maybe he was dead. Their possibility that they were going to perform and do their priestly duties, they would be postponed. What would people think of me? If I had to read, you know, not do something that I was supposed to do. Have you ever been there? I've been there. I remember a number of months, never months ago, I was driving to Amazon to deliver and there was this guy in Amazon gear running. And I'm like, I need to pick him up. Or I was prompted by the spirit to pick him up, but I didn't. I had to confess that to God. Because I, I wanted to be on time. I like to be on time. I, I like to be there early and interject with my coworkers and be prepared and not the last minute doing things. It's kind of like the priest or Levi. I needed to be more like the Samaritan, willing to be... put off by my own timing and do more of what God was calling me to do. The Samaritan, he took time to come to this man, put him on his donkey. We have no clue what his timing schedule was like. He bandaged him, he healed him, he put, took of his own to give and then he took him to an inn, and he said, here's money, care for him, I'll come back, and I'll finish paying you whatever the bill is. No, he did, 
Do we know anything about the man? We don't know. Uh, did he come to know Jesus? Oh, we have no clue. Did he stay there? Did he get well? We have no clue. Did he meet him again? But that wasn't the point. The point was, I need to love. I need to meet somebody in their time of need. Jesus said and did only what the Father said and did what he wanted, what the Father wanted him to say and do. What about me? What about you? This is really the heart of what God has called us to. I want you to love, new command I give to you, that you love one another as what? I have loved you. Wow, that's so vital, so important. How has God loved you? How has God loved me? And then how does that, as Brian said, how does that spark us, motivate us to new things? to new living. We need to slow way, way down. We need to pay attention and to listen to the small, still voice to love others well. Who is my neighbor? Really the spirit, when the spirit of God came, really began to break down all those barriers of all the neighbors. Because what did they, who did they begin to speak in language, languages that were from all over the place? Everybody could hear. But God has always been doing this. I want you to realize this. Nahum, was he a Jew? No. Was he healed? Yes. What about Nineveh? That was a bad city. And he spared them. Nebuchadnezzar, he was a king that defeated and moved some of the Jewish people into slavery. And yet he was humbled and then God restored him. This is what God wants to do in and through our lives. We must never forget that we are loved because he first loved us. I love what C.S. Lewis says about this. He says, unless he wanted you, you would not be wanting him. I love that saying. But why? I think this is the key. Why? Loving because he first loved us. Loving so that we will see him. Loving so that we will seek him. And loving so others will know him. I want to read a story from Visual Story Network, Clyde and Shrin Tabor. They're one of our supported missionaries. And I love this story that they have in their newsletter um, by the way, Clyde will be one of our missionaries that will join us via Zoom on the 28th of May uh, during our missionary lunch. Um, but listen to the story. Love, the title is Love Leads to a Breakthrough. Joseph, a church planner from a Muslim, Muslim um, area in northern Nigeria, had been visiting a village for several years with no fruit. In May of 2019, an elderly village leader Isu became ill and was hospitalized in the capital city. Joseph organized a group of believers who surrounded Isu and cared for him for three weeks until he improved. A few months later, on his deathbed, Isu stood up and announced to his many sons, I have accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and you should do likewise. 
He sat down, crossed his legs, and died. The family summoned Joseph and told him what had happened. As a result, 126 people in the extended family became believers. Surrounding villages began to invite Joseph, and now eight Muslim villages have churches. And he ends with, Jesus, thank you for the power of your love. God wants to work in our lives that way. What's holding you back? What's holding me back? What's keeping you from yielding to the Spirit's leading? Why do we struggle to love others so well? Is it our fear, our pride, apprehension, selfishness? The Good Samaritan, he seemed to be motivated by something greater. We need confession. I love, again, C.S. Lewis' quote. He says, we must lay before God what is in us, not what ought to be in us. Because we need to lay before God those things that keep us from God. We need to confess them so that they're gone, so that he can then fill us with his spirit and the fruit of the spirit, which says, against such things there is no law. And God can do great things when we love other people well. We're going to be singing a song, Build My Life. Worthy of every song, of every praise, of every breath, lead me in your love to those around me. Open my eyes. Show me who you are. Fill me with your heart. Lead me in your love to those around me. And I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your spirit you gave, knowing that we needed help. May we just yield. It's always the best road to take. It's difficult. It's hard. But as we go down that road, it becomes so much easier as we just listen to your spirit. It becomes almost second nature. Lord, may we love being led by your spirit, but most importantly, following your example. In your name we do pray. Amen.